listening to The Doers Podcast, right here on The Doers Network. And now, here's your host, Donald Robinson II. Welcome, everyone, to The Doers Network. I'm Donald Robinson II, your host. And on the line today, we have Mr. Richard Grundy, CEO and co-founder of Journey, a wonderful nonprofit organization that specializes in tech education and with an emphasis on teaching the next generation. So, Richard, how you doing today, sir? Pretty good, Don. How are you? Uh, pretty good, man. Thanks. Thanks, man. So, Richard, you're a native of Detroiter, right? Yep. So, let me ask you this. In your experience and you know, meeting, getting to know you over the last few years, I know that you had moved away and had come back to Detroit, which is a wonderful story in and of itself. But what, what's, your, what's your background of experience and what, what business are you in primarily? Okay, well, um, I guess just to kind of go back a little bit. So I went to graduate from Michigan State, go green in human resources. Um, I entered the job market in 2008 um, when the economy was was struggling as a whole, but then Detroit was probably struggling even more than that. Um, So I entered into uh, sales and marketing, working for AT&T for a while. So that's where I kind of started my career at – transferred down to Atlanta to kind of do the same thing for the same company for a while. And then I, uh, you know, just not really seeing anything changing or improving and not really feeling comfortable with the skill set that I currently had. I decided to take all my savings and move to New York to go to a three month coding boot camp. So that's really where, and that was like in, uh, 2014, I believe. So that's kind of where my, my, my journey in, in technology, um, and that STEM field, uh, started at. Um, after completing that boot camp, I started volunteering a lot, or even near the end of the boot camp, I started volunteering a lot of intro to coding camps, um, around New York. Um, and then after that, I, uh, entered as a web developer for a minority owned, um, development agency that was based out of DC that, but that was opening up a new, uh, office in, uh, New York called Clearly Innovative. Okay. Um, and shortly after that internship, I got hired in as a, a software development project manager. Now, would you consider yourself a coder or a programmer? Yeah, I would consider myself a programmer and a problem solver. Cool, man. Cool. So, in terms of what was your in, in terms of coming back to Michigan and Detroit, particularly, what what was your inspiration for coming back? Um, for me, uh, part of it was just being in that coding camp and seeing how many tools there were available. I really, honestly, when I went to that coding camp or when I decided to do that, it was, it was, uh, driven by money. Um, and the uh, possibility of being able to travel while generating income, I didn't really, um, want to be stuck to one geographic, uh, place or location. Um, but just the idea of, of making money on, you know, on a beach somewhere off the, off of my computer, uh, was, was, uh, attractive to me. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that was, uh, the inspiration for me getting into technology. Um, but really just seeing all of the different, uh, opportunities that a person can create with, um, a technical skill set and with all of the digital tools and, and, um, design thinking and agile methodologies, those mindsets, um, really drove me back to Detroit because the Detroit I left was in 2010. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw everybody was, was still, um, surviving a lot of people are surviving but 
you know, I don't, I don't even know what they were, what we were surviving off of at that at that time. So my thought process was, if if we had these tools or had knowledge of these tools and, and resources, the sky would be the limit. Yeah. Um, with 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 these things, it kind of changed my life. So that was um, pretty much my um, uh, desire to come back to Detroit. Uh, the other thing too, I guess that uh, you know, when I was living in New York, that was the first time when I heard of people wanting to move to Detroit, which is weird. That was I think that was in 2014. Okay. The guy that I was subleasing my apartment from, um, the first apartment I, that I had there, um, he was like, "You're from Detroit, huh?" Okay, I want to I want to uh, move there one day, and um, it kind of took me back because typically when my whole time in Atlanta was always defending Detroit um, and having conversations with people from other places. But that was the first time that um, I heard somebody wanted to move to Detroit. Um, And then I think for the next year and a half that I was in New York, you know, I would meet three to four people that wanted to move to Detroit um, because of the opportunities and things that they were reading. So, wow. That's, that's great, man. I'm I'm glad you're back here, brother. Um, and it's wonderful for young people like yourself to want to come back because, you know, for so so many years, there have been so many people like you who have found opportunities outside the state, you know, maybe other parts of the country and have not really come back at all because for whatever reason, the opportunities just were not here. But it's, you know, one thing about the technology industry is creating a lot of opportunities for folks and people are coming back. And um, so since you were in New York and you and you had a lot of gained a lot of experience with the technology sector. When you came back, what were you what were you seeing as a landscape as far as the potential and what you wanted to do? Um, even I guess before coming back or coming back, um, number one, it didn't look the same as it, it did when I left. Um, it doesn't even look the same now as it did when I first came back. And, and I guess what sometime in 2015, it's been a lot of progress. Yeah. Um, just the opportunities, knowing that people were moving into Detroit. I think one of the, when I first got back, when I moved to New York, I was um, accustomed to going to like a lot of different meetups um, uh, during my time there, just to kind of network, um, you know, find a job, things like that. Um, So that was one of the first things that I did when I got back to Detroit. And I remember a couple of the people that were running the meetup weren't even from Detroit. I think they were from like Seattle and Portland or something like that. And the thing is, we know that, you know, we reading in the newspapers at the time, we knew that there were different opportunities that were coming to Detroit. And, and, and for me, it was like, you know, we definitely want people that are actually from Detroit, authentic people to be able to p- at least compete for these opportunities. Not that anything should be given to anybody. Right. Um, but be aware of these, these technologies. They should be aware of these mindsets and these skills that are needed in these jobs that are that are coming about. Um and I didn't necessarily, you know, it's always helpful to come in and try to help um, to prepare, you know, people from the community for these different opportunities that are happening in their backyard. And also just um, prepare them to kind of create opportunities themselves. Right. You know, in, in Detroit and, and wherever. And I think that's, that's probably even the, the, you know, those are the, the two driving forces, you know, being able to take advantage of, of opportunities that are coming here. Um so that they compete, but also the, so that they can create their own opportunities. Because I think there's a lot of different resources in Detroit that, you know, that kind of help entrepreneurs out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, they are, man. So in terms of working with youth, because you do a lot of work with the youth, how did you get in? What, what got you started once you came back to start working with kids and teaching and, and mentoring and things like that? 
Well, I think it's probably a couple things. Um, number one, I when I started, part of the learning process of, of, I think, coding and web development, one of the best places, one of the best ways to learn is to kind of um, teach others, uh, teach other people what you learn. That's just a, a, a one way of, of learning. Um, it, it just kind of exercises what, what you've learned and, and doing it. So I was doing that a lot. Um, during the coding camp, I would uh, volunteer for intro to coding camps. I mean, even after that, um, I started volunteering a lot of intro to coding camps, and it was everywhere. It was, it was in Queens, um, Brooklyn, the Bronx, uh, Philadelphia, like just different places along the East Coast. Okay. Right. So that's that's when I kind of had the experience of doing that, and that's when I really found something that I was passionate about. As I mentioned earlier. Um, I got into tech just for the money, you know, just just to kind of generate income. That that's what attracted me to it. But in terms of uh, my passion, I had no clue what my passion was, what I wanted to do in life, um, and that's what technology brought brought me to. Yeah. Um, you know, introducing others. Um, I, I think I personally think that the greatest resource that we have in Michigan, and you know, we can talk about uh, the Great Lakes and. Um, we can talk about real estate and a lot of those things, but I think the youth are probably the greatest resource that we have in Michigan. And, you know, it's, it's up to us. We have a responsibility to kind of um, nurture them and guide them and provide them with resources so that they can um, uh, be successful. Absolutely. So that's, that's what this helps me for, for youth. The other thing, the, I guess the third thing was, is that, you know, I've, uh, you know, through my life I've learned, certain lessons and things that I would like to pass on and um, I would like to see um, some of the missteps or mishaps that, that, that have happened in my life, you know, if I can help um, some young people along with this, you know, with the, with the, with the um, education and knowledge that we try to pass on, but if we can kind of help them avoid some of those mishaps, I think that would, that would be great. Um, I would love to see what, you know, what, what happens when, when they, um, when passing on that information. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I commend you, commend you greatly for doing all, all of the work that you do because it's de definitely inspiration uh, just seeing the youth how they benefit from it and you know with youth nowadays you know they they think they know a lot because they're into the, the snapchat the youtube and all this other stuff but when they have somebody to teach them to become makers as opposed to consumers i think that it resonates and plants seeds and hopefully what we'll see in the next 15 20 years some of these young people you've been working with if not all of them going out here and doing some great things and, and mark, making their mark on the world. So um, to switch the gear a little bit, what is Journey as far as your company and uh, how, how what kind of services do you provide and how did you get started with, with Journey? Yeah, so Journey is a, a, a 501c3 focused on empowering each other through tech education, entrepreneurship, and uh, startup uh, training. Um, so that, that's, where, that, that's what we do or that's what we are. Um, in terms of what we do, we do that through different classes, workshops, um, uh, and, and uh, yeah, classes, workshops, and cohorts uh, where we provide that type of training uh, for youth uh, currently. So we, we develop different partnerships with organizations to deliver that also. Okay. Um, so to give you an, an, an idea of that, we have a program at the Sport Resource and Engagement Center, after-school program for, um, for middle school kids. Um, we partnered with the Jerome Bettis Foundation also and, and of course, Ford Motor Company Fund to kind of design this curriculum that takes kids through um, a path of developing a business from ideation 
um, some implementation where they even get to run a pop-up shop at the end of the program and kind of in, in, engage with different customers. Um, we've just expanded that program recently uh, to include coding. So now they're learning how to build websites. They're learning how to build mobile apps. We have uh, different um, hardware that they're, they'll be able to program using Little Bits and Lego We Do and Arduino and things like that. Okay. Um, we, we had a program at Mumford High School uh, last year uh, where we uh, had a, a small group of 14 uh, young men through the uh, My Brother's Keeper Detroit Innovation Challenge and Campaign for Black Male Achievement and Skillman uh, that supported us. Uh, with, where they, we took them through a program of learning how to code, um, learning how to engage and, and uh, with clients, how to bring in clients, how to, how to build websites from scratch for these clients. Yeah. Um, and not just the, the building part, um, but like I said, the entrepreneurship part, how to, how, to, how to engage with these clients, what happens from ideation to uh, deployment of the actual website, what are all the roles that are needed um, within this process. You know, so that they're exposed to a lot of different roles and, and um, opportunities within tech than just the, the web development um, role. And then we bring in mentors, different people that they can identify with, that can identify with them, that are doing different things in tech. Um, so a, an example would be, this example I always use is Fred Hudson from Pigeonly, a person who spent four years in prison but noticed an a, a, a opportunity in prison of, of how to um, – deliver pictures and, and lower costs for phone calls for inmates to their loved ones outside of prison. Um, so he raised, I think, five or six million dollars um, since getting out of prison. I think it was a million dollars within the first year and then second or third year, another four to five million dollars. Um, but then we also have people like business analysts from Quicken that will come and talk to our students also. We'll have freelancers come. So we, you know, we just want to make sure whatever, whatever that role that specific role is or whatever that specific person is, whatever that background is that they can identify with um, or that speaks to them, they have kind of a connection point. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's great stuff. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, in terms in terms of, uh, you're welcome. In, now, in terms of working with the children, I know that um, with the Ford Resource Engagement Center work you've done, what, what happened as a result of that, that uh, semester you worked with the kids? What happened as a result? Um, a couple of different things. I think um, as a result of that, the kids, they, they got a, an opportunity to create a business and be uh, introduced to a lot of different business owners uh, within the area um, and, you know, receiving information and tips and best practices from these from these people. And, and this was, you know, for middle school kids. These were for, I'm sorry, not just middle school, fifth through eighth grade. Yeah. We had kids fifth through eighth grade that are participating in this. Yeah. Um, all the kids that we've had, pretty much, I think nine. I think we've only had one kid that one one student that hasn't returned this semester. And that's because she's in the um, she's a thing participating in, in the Olympics or something like that, or, or training for some type of Olympics. Wow. Other than that, everybody's returned. They're they're interested um, in the program. They love the program. They love the opportunity that they have. To uh, engage in, 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 in a, a pop-up shop, and they're and they're excited about building websites um, this semester. Um, for the the Ford Resource and Engagement Center, they love the program. They they extended it um, past just the two days we were running last semester to to a total of four days um, a semester this this uh, this this semester. In addition to that, um, they've also allowed Journey um, to uh, host a once a month 
um, open coding workshop that's open to everybody, open to anybody from eight years old to 17 years old. Uh, they can participate and come in and just kind of get an introduction to coding in different ways, HTML and CSS, using little bits, using advanced um, uh, coding um, uh, programs or platforms if they want to do game design. So um, those are some of the, the, the outcomes that we had from that. Wonderful. And for those of you out there listening, so the Ford Resource Engagement Center is basically a community center on steroids. And what it is, it's it's a building of the community in terms of skills. Um, it, older people, they need services like accounting, legal aid. It's a, it's a, it's a one-stop shop for services from age zero to 100 and more. And I'll tell you all from my own personal experience working with Richard and everybody involved is that it's really a... a it's really a planting of a seed to help revitalize a community because the community that it, it surrounds the center is really in dire need of services. And for these these kids to to absorb it and take the ball and run with it, it, it speaks volumes on a difference that we all can make in the community. And so going, Richard, into Journey itself, when you in building your business, what were some of the valuable life lessons you learned in helping you grow your business? Um, partnership, 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 um, and relationship, I guess. Yeah. Um, so starting out, my co-founders are all entrepreneurs, uh, Brian McKinney and T.S. and Phillips. They're, they're entrepreneurs and, um, we've, we've all had experience in, in running these type of programs or participating in these type of organizations or programs and diversity in tech and then teaching kids, uh, tech. Um, but a non, the nonprofit part is something that, completely new for us um, and how to operate a nonprofit and, and, and acquiring funding and things of that nature. But in doing so, in, in, in doing so, um, as far as the, the funding part, the funding part, I'm sorry, we've been able to develop a, a relationship with Campaign for Black No Achievement where they've been able to provide us guidance and just youth development, um, the Skillman Foundation, Kumar Raj. Um, and just youth development, uh, Chanel Hampton, who's also a member um, at, at Bamboo Detroit in terms of just uh, navigating um, this landscape. Um, and they, they've been helpful. They've developed relationships with our students. Okay. You know, and, and I think that if we can, as many people that we can connect to our students that are thinking about our students for different opportunities. And this happens with pretty much everybody that we, with all of our partners, they're always, they always have our students um, in mind when, 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 when they're looking at different opportunities and when they need a need, when they have a need. Okay. Um, but as, as, as many people that we can kind of connect to them has been beneficial, not just for our students, but for us. In my personal growth, I've learned from all of these organizations. I learned from the Ford, from everybody at the Ford Resource and Engagement Center. Right. I learned from um, Sandra Ware uh, from uh, Avail Incorporated um, and with the Jerome Bettis Foundation. I'm able to learn from all these different people who've been doing these things longer than we have and how to best serve our, um, our students. Um, one of those examples is that uh, Chanel Hampton from Strategic uh, Community Partners they were redesigning our website, and we have an internship program that we run at um, at Bamboo Detroit mm -hmm. um, for for like eight. We had like eight high school students. It's actually wrapping up this this week. But we're basically the idea is to have a real life, a real working experience where they're building websites for actual clients. 
Sure. Uh, so Chanel Hampton had a need of redesigning and, and the rebranding of her website, and, and she um, she engaged our students to do that service for them. So they had that awesome experience of of of, of um, engaging with a community leader uh, to do this. Um, n- another example of relationships. We we don't right now, Journey. We don't have our own. We don't have our own um, office space. We don't have our own technology, right? But because of our, our relationships with the Detroit Employment Solutions Corporation, they actually loaned us eight laptops okay. um, in order to have our students be able to complete these projects. And they're a huge part, obviously, of our internship program with Grow Detroit Young Talent. Again, talking about not having office space, uh, uh, Bamboo Detroit allowed us to host our sessions with our interns Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays uh, for five months at Bamboo Detroit. Oh, that's so excellent. Those, those type of relationships, I think, are uh, you really can't put a value on those types of things. And it goes way beyond just funding or anything like that. The things that you learn um, from the partners and, and like I said, the, the exposure that they that they bring, you know, that they can bring to your students um, of just seeing different types of leaders um, is something that we can't put a dollar uh, value on. Sure, exactly. And the wonderful thing about everything is how the how how massive the support that you and the team are getting from everyone else around you is it speaks volumes because there's a lot of and you know because you've been out of state a lot of areas you don't get that kind of support you pretty much on your own and to be able to build mm-hmm. and build a community around you like a it's almost like a real life version of a advisory board but a practical one that whatever you need somebody's there to lend a helping hand and uh, that's that's what I think makes this area different in terms of the growth, uh, and you know especially in the tech sector because there's so many people doing doing so many great things, and no matter what you want to do, you're just an arm length away from somebody who could either get you over the hump or help you get over the hump because there's so many resources and and it's nice to see a lot of people pulling together, and um, in spe- in fact speaking of that. In terms of the tech scene here in Detroit and Michigan, what, what's your take on it? Like, what's, what's your take on it since you've come back, and and what kind of growth do you see involved with the Detroit tech scene? When I first came back, because um, I was I was at, you know I had to make a decision whether because I, I I do love New York, right? So I had to make a decision whether I want I was ready to come back uh, with something I had just with a place that I was just introduced with and learning different things and. Um, so I had to make a decision, what, you know, whether I was going to come back. And I remember I came back the weekend, and my co-founder came back the same weekend, and he made his rounds doing his thing, and I made my own rounds doing my own thing, um, just kind of noticing um, things. And I, I remember one thing that we said at the at basically at, we were both on the way to the airport, you know, flying to different places. He 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 was based out of Houston. I was based out of you know I was based out of New York. So I'm actually New York. And we were talking about it, and um, and he was like, what, what do you think? And it was like, yeah, but the density isn't there, right? right. That was the, that was the thing that we were kind of missing. Um, but I would say that it's been growing. It feels like it's been growing steadily since I've been back. Yeah. Um, I would like to see a lot more startups, but I think that's happening. So the, the the first thing that we did when we actually moved back, we were in this um, accelerated program. I think at the a pre-accelerated program, um, and it, it was through TechStars mm-hmm. um, and Kyle Fazzi and, um, and and Monica Wheat uh, were were um, hosting that 
that that program. That's really where I met everybody, all the people that I work with now, that support us now. Even like Kyle Bazzi, I just met with them last last night. Um, yeah. And we were Brian and I were working on a, a previous startup at the time, and um, they've been Kyle, Ma, uh, Monica, Amanda. Everybody's been in, so supportive of us since then. But I remember. Um, we, we went through this pre-accelerator program and it was a lot, it was like eight other startups, people that were, were starting businesses. Um, and, but at the time I remember when I came back, I was like, I, I wish it was more startups. So it's been a consistent increase in that. And even some of the people like, like Brian we, and, and I, we were there for an initial startup at the time. Brian started his own business now that's doing uh, great. We've also found a journey now that, that's um, becoming a lot more stable and, 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 uh, gained a lot more notoriety so i think everything is growing i think in five years uh it'll definitely be i think we'll definitely be established as one we may may not be established as like a a new york or silicon valley but in terms of like maybe comparing ourselves to like atlanta's tech scene or something like that i think we'll we'll definitely be up there if, if not surpass that that type of tech scene in my opinion um i think the thing that uh one knock that people probably try to say about Detroit is that we don't have like the the, the, the VC or the uh, the VC support or the the funders um, or investors. Um, but I I personally don't look at that as a knock. I like that. I like the fact that when we develop businesses, we understand um, that if we're developing this business, we we need to make some money right now. You know what I mean? I, I, that's what I'm used to. I'm used to a small business developing. Um, a business to make money right now. Not we're just going to develop something and, and figure out how to monetize later. So that's right. what I like about Detroit, and, and I think that's a, a plus. I think that's something that kind of uh, sets us uh, apart. Um, and I think with that mindset of just you know getting customers right now, figuring out how to monetize right now, I think that you know that's something that will continue to set us apart and uh, make us do well. And then you know there's a lot of other resources. A lot of resources in Detroit um, to help small businesses and startups. You yeah. have Motor City Patch. You, I can't even name all of them. You have right. Hatch Detroit. You have uh, Startup Boost, uh, Free Accelerator, Techstars is here. There's so many different. Um, I, it, I wouldn't be able to actually name all the programs. It's a lot of different support. It's a lot of different corporate sponsors and a lot of uh, people uh, that are in Detroit that are committed to the survival of, of, of our, of, of the business climate here that I think makes, you know, ensures that it'll, it'll grow and, and, and be something that's great for everybody in the next five or 10 years. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, with that being said, because, because of the lack of, of big, super, super, super company, like super VCs, like in the East coast and the West coast, I think it gives a chance for the Detroit product to be that much more well thought out, well planned and, probably more successful because your te- not only do you need that money then you need to figure out how to be f- efficient much in much at a much quicker rate because if you don't you're going to fall flat on your face and at the same time it helps you like I, I know there's a buzzword coming around here a lot that says fail often fail fast and I think Detroit is just right for that kind of thing but the products and the services are going to come out much more well thought out and it's going to come out they're going to come out to market in a more organized fashion. It's not going to be, we're just going to worry about the money later. It's going to be all well thought out. And I think that would make it attractive to other people. Cause what I'm hoping also on top of what you're saying, I hope also that other 
like VCs in those other areas take a look at Detroit and do more investing. And I think that can be also a, a tap, untapped potential as far as that too, because even though we may not have the super VC companies and the super investors and super angels here, there could be other places and it gives us a chance to make our presence known and make it more attractive anyway. And, and you know, then Detroit becomes back to being a worldwide phenomenon that it used to be. And, um, you know, so then it's like going into the entrepreneurship scene, what's your take on that? And what's your vision for that? Cause I know text thing is one, uh, matter, but then there's other, like, like, for example, you know, the kids with the pop-up shop, they learned how to run a business that's not necessarily not not necessarily involved in tech. So in terms of brick-and-mortar storefronts or whatever, what do you think about the entrepreneurship scene and the future here in the next 5, 10 years? Um, as far as the entrepreneurship scene, I think it's a, a great place to, uh, you know, I mean, density is, is, is kind of an issue right now, but there's a lot of different, or people can say that density can can be considered a issue right now, but um, you know, there's a lot of different opportunities. There's a lot of different programs that support entrepreneurs. If you you look at, like I said, startup um, startup boost um, tech has a lot of a lot of different programs that run through there. You have Lifeline, you have uh, Build Institute, all of these different programs that are training these entrepreneurs. So I, I know of several. I know a lot, I mean, a good amount of companies that have, in the same time that I've come back to Detroit, um, I've seen them go through this cycle and go through these different programs to where they get a, 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 a brick and mortar. Uh, Live Back of the Light kind of comes to mind just because I know the, um, the, the founder um, of that and watch them kind of create, you know, it's everything step by step. And I've seen a lot of the different, um, I guess, programs that she went through, you yeah. know, to get where she's right now. So there's a lot of support. And, and if you, if you're willing, I, this is what I, and this is what I tell everybody and, and, you know, that will listen. If you are willing to put in the work, if you have good intentions and if you're willing to really perfect your, your product, there's no shortage of mentors um, are people that are willing to help you get to success in Detroit. And I, I say that because I've been through it because I didn't, you know, coming coming back, I only knew a certain amount of, you know, limited amount of people, and none of them were in the space that I was going to. But in that in that first cohort of a, a startup boost, um, I met all these people, and now they're they're friends, and they're still helping. They're helping people that I introduced to them. I'm one of the person that, you know, that kind of helps the the you know new new um, founders and, and things like that. So I think that for entrepreneurs, it's a great place. It's a low cost of living here. Um, there's still a lot of different opportunities. There's a lot of different areas uh, uh, to, to build that. And then we do have, um, I think we do have examples of, of, of companies, even, even Bamboo, right? So Bamboo started at, at one location. Now they're, now they're at a, a, a way larger location. Right. Um, rocket fiber. We've seen rocket fiber grown from, and I've, I've read that idea of them being grown from an idea to, you know, to what they are now. I just read about a a, a ride share startup called uh, Split that just got acquired by Bosch. So I think that there's a lot of different opportunities, um, whether you're like kind of a technology based or just brick and mortar. Um, there's a lot of support because I think everybody in Detroit understands that. Um, when, when one company is successful, it, it, it helps everybody out. It helps the, the entire climate out. 
yeah. and being successful. Oh yeah, because that's a, and I'm glad you mentioned uh, Bamboo because I was going to ask you next. How did you get involved with setting up co-working space with Bamboo? How how did that come about? So after we um, well, well number one, I I met Amanda at the uh, at the first startup next or startup boost uh, cohort and and. You know, they've just been supportive. And the thing about it is everybody kind of knows everybody. So we, we, we're just, everybody is real good about connecting things that we need. And at the time, after we won our, um, the My Brother's Keeper Detroit Innovation Challenge, we needed a desk. We were just kind of all working out of our living rooms or basements or whatever. Yeah. Um, but we needed some type of, we needed a, some type of desk, some type, some type of place to have more meetings and things like that. And um, at the time, Luckily, Bamboo was opening up their new their new office, the one in Washington, right? A new co-working uh, space on Washington. Um, so that's how we got connected. And and um, Brian is Brian, our co-founder, is like the master. Um, he's a master of networking and and just you know keeping in contact with people. Um, so him and Amanda had a, a lot of good conversations about us, you know, journey coming to uh, Bamboo, and, and we're lucky to be here and and. Uh, once we got to Bamboo, Amanda's been is is very intentional about making sure that she connects everybody. So we've yep. had a lot of great connections um, from being at Bamboo. So yeah. Oh yeah. So in terms of journey, where where do you, Brian and Kiesen, see uh, the vision for the future of Journey and where it's headed? And uh, is there anything you want to share in terms of your future plans in the immediate future or anything like that? Yeah. So it's a couple of things. Um, the first thing is that we want to be, we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to sustain ourselves and not lean too much on um, foundational and corporate support. Uh, so uh, developing this in-house um, development shop is, is, is very important to us. We just piloted that um, this past year for a few months of having our students at building actual websites, but really developing that idea out more that it's more sustainable and, and so that um, we're putting out, active, you know, better products for our clients, number one, uh, but number two, um, just a, a more sustainable model so that our um, students can can um, develop income for themselves. That's very important to us, uh, that they're able to, to develop in, income and, and, and feel comfortable in that, in that type of role. Um, the second thing that, that we want to do is that um, – We've been very intentional about running a lot of programming and starting our programming in the neighborhoods, okay. um, just meeting our students where they're at um, and just making sure that that's a comfortable, um, secure space. Um, but we know, you know right now a lot of our students don't have computers. Yeah. About 95% of our students don't have computers, and, and we're aware of that. Um, so kind of creating a space that's comfortable for them. Um, we, you know, we're, we're good about finding computer labs and things of that nature in schools and in and, 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 and places like that, but maybe having an actual space where they can come to that's open to them, not just them, but everybody in the community. That means older people, um, younger people, or kids where they have, uh, you know, they have access to computers, Wi-Fi, the technology that they need, and the space that's um, for like-minded individuals, right? So maybe they may be the only person in their neighborhood or a couple people that are well, probably they won't be the only, you know, a couple people that will be interested in, in, in web development or some type of technology having a space or a house that we can uh, redevelop so that they can come there, get work done, get work done for their client, 
um, but also a space for people that are coming to Detroit if they're looking um, for some type of, um, you know, a room for the night, they can come to this space also, right? They can rent a room for the night or barter maybe um, a stay, a couple stays of a night in, in this in this space, and all they have to do is host a workshop. So if we have people that are, you know, traveling from out of town that want to do a workshop, they have this space with, with you know, people that are authentic to Detroit. So that's the, uh, that's another um, um, thing that that's very in, important to us um, initiative that we've had for, you know, that we've been working on. Most excellent, man. You know, because I think the other thing, and I've been telling people for years now too, uh, and you're right, since I say 2013, 2014, there's been a lot of growth, a lot of transformation. And, the biggest thing about our our beloved city now is still there's still a disconnect in terms of involvement. You have a lot of people in the neighborhoods who don't feel like they belong in somewhere like downtown Detroit or in other areas like Midtown. And I think like with, with you all are doing a journey and what Ford is doing with the Resource and Engagement Center helps break that barrier because there's a lot of potential out in the neighborhoods. There There's the potential of, of thousands of kids and thousands even of even adults who could have ideas but just don't have the resources or the information to get those ideas off the ground or they may have a kid may have an idea for an app that could be a billion dollar idea but but taking it to the neighborhoods i think is the, the most the final key piece vital piece to get the bridge uh, built and get that digital divide down because there's there's so much opportunity there and one thing i'm seeing about kids out in the neighborhoods when they get when they get involved with programs like what you're doing and what Sandra's doing and what Ford has got involved with, you know, and other, other organizations, it just seems like it's taking off a, a life of its own as far as inspiring people and it's starting to catch on. I think more and more people are really starting to really find that there's, there's things they can do. And because that wasn't there before, like 10 years ago, you know, you had too many young people either moving away or just giving up hope because there's not, there was nothing there for them. So, I for one applaud your efforts and and you and Journey and everybody doing doing your thing and and making things happen. Um, now, in terms of any other information you want to share, like what 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 else? What other programs like for the next twelve to twenty four months are you guys in the works of doing that you, that that you can share if you want to? Okay, the first thing I want to share because this is coming up. This is right around the corner, actually May twenty fourth. So we've always had a lot of we. You know, through our programs, um, we try to do a good job of putting the word out about them or, you know, what the work that we're doing gets out. Um, and, and people say, hey, well, I want to, I want to send my um, son or daughter or my child to, to the program. When's it, when's, when, is, when is it available? Um, and a lot of times we're, you know, we're working with different partners or different groups of children where it's not necessarily open to the public. If we're working, if we're doing an after-school program on the east side, then it may be only open to a few students in the area or everybody isn't um, doesn't have the avail availability to get their students to that program. Or with My Brother's Keeper um, at, at Mumford High School, obviously that was only for, uh, we could only run it for a number of students, and it was for, for males. Um, and you see that, you see this a lot, even with programs that are specific to girls um, or whatever. Right. So what we've been, we, what we wanted to do for a long time, and this is one of the first places that I actually uh, volunteered. This is the first type of event I volunteered for in New York is a, a program or 
um, an event that's open to everybody. So this program that we're doing at the Fort Resource and Engagement Center is going to be once a month, one Saturday out the month. It starts March 24th. It's open to everybody ages 8 to 17. I don't care what you are. I don't care where you live. I don't care if you we, – we don't care if you have um, experience or not. Um, it's open. It's only mm-hmm. open we, – we, we only have a certain amount of slots. So, so uh, 40 kids every, uh, for each event for the Saturday. Um, you can come to our web, web, website and, and, and register, which is journey.org. We have an Eventbrite set up for it. Um, but it's just a, a, a place where it's kind of like open gym. You know how you had used to have open gym yep. where um, it be basketball or whatever. This is the, kind of the same concept. Okay. Um, but what we'll have is we'll have four different, at least four different workstations. One station may be scratch um, for the younger kids. One station may be HTML. One station may be um, uh, little bits or doing those. Another one may be an advanced concept like using GitHub and Git um, or Ruby on Rails. Right. We'll have different volunteers there. So if you're looking to volunteer with us, we're definitely in need of volunteers, but we're definitely in need of kids that are interested. And if you, you know, you will have different um, code alongs going on. So if you want to just follow along with, uh, with, you know, with instructions, you'll do that. We'll have different cheat sheets. So if you want to build something kind of on your own or you have a project that you're already working on and you just want to, uh, you, you know, you just want some help with it. We're, we're there to do that. So if you have experience, if you want to come and work on a project or if you want to start a new project, um, come down. And that's, that's at the Four Resource and Engagement Center on the um, uh, on the east, uh, the FREC 2 on the east side. Um, so that's one thing for sure. Um, okay. Outside of that, we're getting ready to uh, do our summer thing again, uh, which we do every every summer where we, uh, we partner with the Grow Detroit Young Talent uh, where it's kind of like an, it, it's actually it's training, but it's it, it's an internship also. So if you're a Detroit resident uh, between the ages of uh, 14 and 24, um, you know definitely register through uh, Grow Detroit Young Talent, and uh, we're actually taking applications for that program as well. Excellent, man. Excellent. Um, in turn, and now in terms of folks getting in contact with you, what what's your contact information? Oh, my email address is richard at journey.org. Our um, Instagram page is our journey, O-R-O-U-R, journey, J-O-U-R-N-I. Um, so that's at, and that's the same thing for Twitter also as well, um, as well as Facebook. And then, okay, so that's, for so folks, so for folks out here listening, please make sure you grab the contact information, reach out to Rich. Make sure you get, reach out to him about the pro, all the diff, various programs. I know there's a lot of parents out there that are listening, probably want to get their kids involved in some things. Um, there's just so much to go around now for, as far as resources. So nobody has an excuse. Everybody has a reason to pursue and and, and explore and develop these technology skills. Well, that being said, Mr. Richard Grundy, thank you, sir, for being on the program. Appreciate you for all your insight and your wisdom and your expertise. So hopefully you get you get a flood of people coming from this interview. So thanks again, man, for taking part in the interview. And I wish you best of luck. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Donald Robinson II, your host for the Doers Network, where actives grow and thrive. We hope you've enjoyed listening to our interview with Richard Grundy, 
CEO and co-founder of Journey.org. If you would like to reach him directly, you can email him at richard at journey.org. If you'd like to know more information about Journey, you can visit the website at www.journi.org. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Bamboo Detroit, located in the heart of downtown Detroit. Bamboo Detroit specializes in co-working space and amenities for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers. Bamboo Detroit, where we do more together because Detroit is for doers. We appreciate your support by subscribing to our podcast right here on the Doers Network. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Doers Podcast, where actives grow and thrive. The Doers Podcast is produced by Bamboo Detroit Network. For more information, visit us at bamboodetroit.com.